Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings. Today's readings are 1 Samuel chapters 21 through 24. May you be richly blessed through seeking His Word today. Rabbit Trails We're going to start with some backtracking. There's something I meant to point out in my notes yesterday, but I got caught up in other things and forgot. In 1 Samuel 18, 1, we read, As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Did you catch that? Jonathan's soul was knit to David's soul. Now, friendship like this can only come from Yahweh. It runs deep, deeper than any man-made connection. And it's quickly recognized by all souls involved. So, I just want you to put this thought in your head today. Our Father is a soul knitter. Yes, He does that for us. What a precious hand to choose two souls and knit them together in a bond gifted by Him alone. Jumping back in line, in 1 Samuel 21 verses 1 through 6, this contains within it a deep lesson that Messiah referenced later on when he was accused of breaking Sabbath. Note that Messiah never broke Sabbath or any other commandment of the Father, so we need to realize right now that accusing him of doing so is not something we want to be caught doing, to put it mildly. Please be careful not to ever accuse Messiah of disobeying the Father. As we continue to read the wholeness of the Bible, you'll see that he did not do this. But since that will take some months, I wanted to go ahead and put that caution on your radar in the interim. Messiah never broke a commandment. Therefore, when we see what appears to be him breaking a commandment, we must understand that it is our view that is skewed and line our perspective back up with the word. This one particular scene where Messiah and his disciples were plucking grain is one that I will that absolutely blow your mind when we get to it in Matthew. So hang in there until then, because we need to finish building our foundational knowledge for you to get the full effect. But I will tell you, get excited because you're going to see Messiah like never before. As I said, though, there is a deep lesson in this passage that will come to light in Matthew. So read it and put it in your back pocket. Reminder, make sure you set aside time each day to think over what you've read and talk it out with the Father. In 1 Samuel 14, 47, we see that Moab was one of Saul's enemies. You know the saying, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I imagine the king of Moab felt much the same way. Also, remember that David's grandmother, Ruth, was from Moab. So, in a way, while this would have been such a foreign land to them, they likely still had some sort of family connections there. The king of Moab was likely hoping David would dethrone Saul one way or another, which did eventually come about. But David was clear that he was waiting on Yahweh to act on his behalf. Yahweh had chosen David to be king, and it would happen. David had faith that he would be preserved and that Yahweh's will would come about through Yahweh's hand. Yahweh had taken this situation into his hand, and David followed through by leaving it there. 1 Samuel 22, verses 17 through 19. Here we have Saul order the priest of Yahweh killed. 
His servants are immediately placed in a situation where they had to choose to be loyal to Yahweh or loyal to Saul. Keep in mind that Yahweh had appointed this king, and I'm sure that had to be at the forefront of their minds, but they did not hesitate in choosing allegiance to Yahweh over allegiance to Saul. And next, in 1 Samuel 22.19, just as we saw in 1 Samuel 22.9, we see where Doeg's loyalty lies. We always hear that David was a man after God's heart. Well, Doeg was a man after Saul's heart. At the same moment the people chose between the one true God and the king anointed to them by that God, Doeg made the opposite decision. He chose Saul over Yahweh. We may never know the far-reaching ramifications of that tragic decision. It was a conscious and deliberate decision, though, and we need to face that we will have moments in our life where those decisions come upon us when we least expect it. We can't just assume we'll answer correctly. Train up now. Run the race. Read the word. Study. Sit at his feet. Don't be caught without oil in your lamp. See Matthew 25. I cannot stress enough how awful this was. The Levitical priests and their families, living in a city designated to them by Yahweh, are murdered. This is a huge tragedy for all of Israel. Recall from previous passages how the father views the Levites and how he views all that belong to them. These are his treasured possessions, and Saul has destroyed the entire lot of them in the city of Nob. Note that Doeg is an Edomite, a descendant of Esau. Here, we see him partnering against David with Saul. Later on, one of his ancestors, an Edomite known as King Herod, would plot the demise of one of David's descendants, our Messiah. 1 Samuel 22-23 is one of many demonstrations of David's faith when he offers assurances to Abiathar. Stay with me and you'll be safe. David had full confidence that he was under the Father's protection. But an even greater example that I am earnestly seeking to follow is shown in 1 Samuel 23-2. The news is brought to David that the Philistines are attacking Calah, and no doubt they were expecting David to do something, and he had the perfect response. 1 Samuel 23-2, Therefore David inquired of Yahweh, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? When Yahweh answers him and the people question that in 23-3, we see the perfect response again. 1 Samuel 23, 4. Then David inquired of Yahweh again. Yahweh told him what to do, and when men questioned it, rather than enter into a discussion or negotiation with the men, he returned to Yahweh. Wow, y'all. Let's read that again. (laughs) Yahweh told him what to do, and when men questioned it, rather than enter into a discussion or negotiation with men, he returned to Yahweh. Take that to soul today. 1 Samuel 24, 13. David is telling Saul, plainly, that if Yahweh brings retribution upon him, it will be by Yahweh's hand alone, not David's. This is also wisdom in that it reminds Saul who he has actually transgressed. Not David, but Yahweh himself. Now, had David acted in haste and attacked Saul, the blame or credit would have been placed on David rather than it being seen as a righteous judgment by Yahweh. It is always best not to stand between people and Yahweh whenever possible. This is just one situation. Another, which I talk about fairly often, is when it comes to the word of Yahweh. 
Now, rather than tell someone and risk them attributing those words to you, which makes them easy to dismiss, take them directly to the book, the Bible, and let them read it for themselves. At that point, if they choose to dismiss it, they will have to face that they are dismissing the words of Yahweh himself. Yahweh alone can bring people to him. In the meantime, we can each be a light that helps illuminate the path and a waterer of whatever seeds the Father puts on our path. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.